Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. The Balloon Reaper by M. D. Vickers. I was halfway through my cappuccino when I remembered I needed to get a sympathy card for my uncle Derek. It just popped into my head like things often do without being provoked. There was a card shop not too far away I could nip into before home. My Auntie Liz had passed away from a brain aneurysm several days before. Gone from this world in an instant. My Uncle Derek was devastated, naturally. It had been two days before their forty-fifth wedding anniversary. There had been no signs at all. She had seemed healthy enough didn't smoke, drank very rarely, and did a good bit of walking. You just never knew. I surveyed the scene inside the coffee shop, people carrying on as normal, not seeming to care they could be snuffed out at any time without rhyme or reason. Safer that way. (laughs) Ignorance is bliss. My trouble was I couldn't switch off my brain the majority of the time, so was sadly denied such a luxury. With a sigh, I upended the remaining tepid foam and placed the cup gently back down on the table. Standing up, I shrugged on my coat and grabbed my bag that was propped against the table leg. Outside, the ground was shiny with rain. Thankfully it had stopped for the time being, although dark clouds still threatened overhead. I made my way quickly over to the card shop, weaving in and out of people here and there. Only the beginning of October and Halloween merchandise was already appearing in the shops. (laughs) Not that I was surprised, to be honest. It was the norm these days. I opened the door and made my way in. It wasn't too busy. I began my amble around, looking for the sympathy cards, as usual, taking forever to find the right section. (laughs) Eventually, I located it and began my search for an appropriate one picking ones up at random, putting them back down, more often than not in the wrong place. I was reading the wording inside one, which seemed the best of the bunch so far, when I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. I turned, and wafting gently towards me was a balloon with the grim reaper printed on it, wielding an inflated scythe. Obviously helium. It was tethered with a weight— The weight must have been just enough to stop it floating to the ceiling, whilst also enabling it to move around the card shop, being dictated by drafts. I turned back to my card, and decided that it would be the one I'd purchase. It was the best of an average selection. Not too saccharine sweet, just right for my uncle. The balloon had bobbed gently past me, and was slowly making its way to the end of that particular aisle. I watched it fascinated by the way random currents of air were controlling its movements. When it got to the end, instead of wafting around the corner to the next aisle, it began to make its way slowly back down towards me. A thought struck me with dark amusement that it seemed to be hanging around the sympathy cards, most apt. It continued to bob in my direction. The design on it was a skull with a grinning face, not particularly scary— and Happy Halloween was emblazoned on the front below it. I left the aisle, 
and had a quick meander round, seeing if there were any other similar balloons. I saw none that were let loose like this one, just some bumping against the ceiling, pumpkins, witches, bats, the usual fodder. I decided to go and pay, so I approached the counter. Service was immediate. As I was about to scan my card, the lady said with a slight grin, "'Is the balloon yours, too?' I turned, and there was the reaper balloon bobbing right next to me. "'Uh, yeah, it is, sorry. How much?' An instant impulse had taken over. I could give it to a trick-or-treater or something. "'The balloons are five pounds, sir. Would you like a bag?' "'Ah, uh, no, it's okay.' It seems to like following me around, so I'll just let it wander free—with a guiding hand, of course. I laughed as I finished my payment. I think the lady thought I was a bit nuts, which wasn't a totally inaccurate assessment, to be fair. Transaction complete, I said goodbye, grabbed my bagged card and the ribbon of the balloon, and left the shop. I got a few stares, as expected, but I'd always craved attention, so that didn't bother me at all. I put the sympathy card in my carrier bag, which contained a few selections from the bookshop. I was taking the bus. Car was in the garage for some repairs. Just overnight, though. I'd fancied a bus journey, as it was decades since I'd been on one. Another impulse. <laughs> I'd used buses a lot as a kid. Think it was the nostalgia. Oh, and the free newspaper, of course. I began my walk to the bus station— I took a cut-through that I used to use, shaved a few minutes off, down a side street. The wind had gotten up a bit. The balloon bobbed around madly on its tether. I quickened my stride, for some reason feeling mildly anxious. An irrational feeling suddenly stole over me regarding the balloon, the way it had sidled up to meet me near the tills in the shop. Suddenly I didn't like it. I let it go, and strode even more quickly to the bus depot, never looking back. My heart thudded heavily, yet I felt I'd released myself from a burden. My bus was in. I flashed my return ticket and moved down the aisle, a good few seats to choose from. I pulled a book out of my bag as I settled down, and gave the pages a furtive sniff. Couldn't beat the smell of a new book. The driver was waiting for more passengers— engine idling. I was reading the back cover of my recent acquisition, when a few people started to murmur and chuckle. I looked up and felt my bowels turn to water. The balloon was bobbing down the aisle. I felt disbelief mingled with a rising panic. The balloon halted its progress right next to me, and nudged itself sideways to where I was sitting— "'Think he likes you, pal,' an old bloke voiced from further down. I forced a smile with an enormous effort of will. The driver shouted, "'You're okay. He doesn't have to pay.' This was greeted with more chuckles and murmurs. The bus doors suddenly hissed shut, and the vehicle slowly began its manoeuvre. How the hell had this thing found me? Sure, there was a strong wind out there, but— Blowing it right onto the bus I was on? Jeez, what in God's name was happening? The bus finished its turn and headed towards the road. The balloon bobbed. I felt sick to my stomach. 
I stared out of the window, trying not to think about it. As soon as I got to my stop, I was legging it straight to my uncle's. No way was it catching up with me this time. I took a pen out of my coat pocket and wrote in the sympathy card, Nothing over-elaborate, just enough to show how much I cared. My Auntie Liz had been a great woman, thoughtful, caring, loved reading. She even did a bit of writing. Nothing ever published, though, just more of a hobby. She'd also baked cracking rock cakes that she'd leave on the windowsill to cool, like they used to do in the comic books. Me and my best friend, Billy Walters, would occasionally grab some, juggling them from hand to hand and blowing frantically as we munched before scooting off on our bikes. The balloon was still bobbing about in the corner of my eye. Everyone else seemed to have forgotten about it. A few people had disembarked. I thought maybe I'd leave the balloon on the bus. In fact, I decided that was definitely what I was going to do. Take it miles away from me. As an added precaution, I grabbed the ribbon and tied it to one of the handrails. Incredibly comforted by this action, I leaned back and thought about my Auntie Liz some more for a while. I almost dozed a little. My stop was coming up. I was the last one on the bus, mercifully. My heart began to thud as I stood up and pushed past the balloon. I rushed down the aisle, clinging onto the rails. I turned and couldn't believe what I was seeing. The balloon was in pursuit. Fuck, how the hell had it got free? If you're trying to abandon that thing, it's not going to work, fella, the driver joked as the doors opened. I was too terrified to respond with anything witty myself, so I jumped off the bus and ran. I never looked back. Ten minutes later, I reached my Uncle Derek's. I pushed his bell, not resisting the urge to glance over my shoulder. No sign. I pushed the bell again, then knocked. Still no answer. His car was there. Odd. I slid aside the terracotta pot where I knew his spare key was, and let myself in. I rushed down the hall, my panic completely irrational, fueled, no doubt, by my Auntie Liz having only recently passed. I opened the door to the back room, and he was there in his armchair, a newspaper spread-eagled on the floor over his slippers. I walked towards him and gently shook his shoulder. His heavy snoring changed to a loud harumph, and he glanced at me with bleary eyes. "'Mark?' he queried. "'That you, lad?' "'Yes, it's me, Uncle Derek. He didn't answer the door. I panicked.' He struggled up to a less slouched position. "'You left that front door open? It's bloody freezing!' "'Crikey, I had done, too, and my haste to check on him. I strode back down the hall and pushed it shut. "'Sorry about that, Unc,' I shouted as I walked back. He was already stood up. Cuppa? Ooh, go on, then. I placed the card on the coffee table as he shuffled off into the kitchen. He came back in with two steaming mugs of instant coffee and placed them on the coffee table. Ah, is that from you? Thank you, he indicated with his head towards the card. As you can see, I've got quite a few. He pointed to the sideboard and mantelpiece. I took a sip from my cup. As usual, he'd overloaded it with sugar. "'How are you doing?' I asked him as he picked up his own mug. "'About as well as you can expect,' 
he replied, missing her like mad. Yesterday was pretty bad, what with it being our anniversary. Gordon was here. He's helping me sort out the funeral arrangements. That was my cousin. A good bloke. He was an optician and a big train enthusiast. He had a massive model train track in his garage that was incredibly detailed, and had me totally awestruck the first time I saw it. To be honest, he continued, I'll be glad in a way when I'm finally with her. Living in pain is no life, really. You take meds, then you depend on them. You can't win, in all honesty. He was referring to the arthritis he'd had for several years. Don't say that, Unc. Think about Gordon. Think about me and the rest of your family. We'll always be here, you know that. I know, I know. It's just... Liz was one of a kind, you know. It's going to be difficult carrying on without her. I feel like I've lost a huge piece of myself. I always thought I'd go before her, truth be told. I looked out of the window. A dog was barking repetitively somewhere. The window overlooked the kitchen. It was an old house, and the kitchen had a plastic roof. In summer, it could get to about thirty degrees centigrade in there, with the oven on thirty-five easily. For as long as I could remember, their back room had been their living room. The front room was unused cold, musty, and depressing somehow. It had a great scenic view out of the window, though, and binoculars to hand on the window sill. You'll get through it, Uncle. It's not going to be easy, but we'll be here if you need anything. I just need my Liz. His voice faltered, and tears overspilled. That's all. Just my Liz. I let him let it out. After a while, I asked him if he wanted me to make him any dinner. He told me thanks, but that he had a microwave lasagna lined up. We chatted some more. He cheered up a little. We had another brew, and then it was time for me to go back to a dog that needed feeding. He stood up laboredly as I got to my feet. I gave him a big hug. I'll pop over again tomorrow. See how you are. He was walking me to the front door. Yes. That'll be nice. I need the company right now. Traffic became loud as the door opened. I expected to see the balloon bobbing there on the doorstep, but mercifully, nothing. My heart started to slow a little. I said my goodbyes and headed off home, not being able to stop my eyes from darting everywhere for that cursed balloon. When I reached home without any sightings whatsoever— the relief that washed over me was stronger than I dared to admit. I fed the dog, fixed myself something for dinner, then watched the TV. The garage rang during, telling me my car was ready. I told them thanks, and that I'd pick it up the following morning. I worked long shifts putting toppings on pizzas. Just a gap filler. I was on annual leave this week that was much needed, as I'm sure you can understand. I had a couple of ginger beers, then decided to hit the sack. With new books to read, I liked to get a bit in before sleep. When I finally drifted off, I had a horrible dream about a hot air balloon piloted by none other than the Grim Reaper, which crashed with my uncle and Auntie Liz on board. Their broken bodies were lying there on the ground, and their arms were wrapped around each other in a final, loving embrace. The following morning, 
I made a full English for breakfast that was well worth the effort, then went for my car. The repairs were expensive, but nothing I hadn't already expected. I thanked the eternally disorganized bloke behind the untidy counter and left with my keys jangling. I drove to my uncle's with smooth FM on the radio. The weather was much brighter than the day before, but still chilly. Pulling up at the front of his house, I noticed that his small front garden could do with a good weeding before the frosts came. I made a mental note to do it in the approaching weeks as I climbed out. I rang the bell again, and waited. No response. Same procedure as the day before, by the look of things. I knocked, preparing to grab the spare key I'd replaced under the pot. Still no answer, so I did just that. I inserted the key with no worrisome thoughts, and opened the door. And out bobbed the reaper balloon. I screamed. Couldn't help it. I staggered back to the gate as the balloon blew gently towards me, almost as though it was moving by its own motion instead of aided by the elements. I opened the gate, and it began to make its way out, bobbing for a moment on the spot, then going left down the street. It continued without hesitancy, just merrily drifting away, as innocent as you please. Why the hell hadn't I just burst the thing and destroyed it? I broke free of my paralysis and ran into the house. The back room door was open. I dashed in and saw my uncle lying on the couch. I knelt down. He was incredibly pale, cold to the touch. I pressed two shaking fingers to his throat. No pulse. He was on his back, looking incredibly calm, at peace. The balloon! How in God's name had it— I suddenly remembered how I'd run in yesterday, leaving the front door open. It had been nowhere in sight, but it must have—must have sneaked in and hidden itself somewhere, floated serenely into the back room once my uncle was asleep, and brushed him with its scythe. No! Crazy! Stupid! My uncle had died of natural causes. Maybe he'd succumbed to grief. A broken heart. Or was that just a myth? Or perhaps the balloon reaper had granted his wish of wanting to be with his wife. I suddenly remembered my dream with vivid clarity, the pair of them in death's embrace. I remained knelt there and wept taking solace in the fact that at least now he was with my Auntie Liz, and that was a thought I needed to hold on to, to keep myself sane. I had no idea how long I stayed there. All I know is I became aware of pins and needles in my foot, so I carefully stood, staying on the other foot for now, as the circulation began to come back. And I had a job to do, didn't I? a certain balloon that needed destroying before it could wreak more havoc. I had convinced myself now that it had been responsible for my uncle's death. I kissed Uncle Derek gently on the forehead and exited the house, heading off in the direction the balloon had gone, after carefully locking the door. No sign. I hadn't expected there to be. I ran. I passed several people— what if a kid grabbed the thing? This hastened my speed. I looked from left to right as I sprinted. Where the hell would it have gone? Maybe—maybe maybe it had drifted away.
That seemed too good to be true, though. I knew better. I ran a bit further, and then— Unbelievably, I saw it. I was sure of it. It seemed to be bobbing on the spot again, about a hundred yards ahead. Outside a cemetery, by the look of it. As if it was waiting for me. I felt an icy chill fill me as I tentatively approached. Slowing to a gentle jog, my heart was thudding in my ears and throat. It made no effort to move. I had to get right up to it before it slowly turned and bobbed through the open cemetery gates. I followed it hesitantly. A sudden cold wind ruffled my hair around on my head. The balloon was buffeted briefly, its journey temporarily hampered. Then it resumed its progress, never once looking back to see if I was following. Mercifully, or maybe not, there was no one else around, as I could see. Just me and a—a a what? Some kind of haunted balloon? It came to me then that maybe I was hallucinating the whole thing. And then I remembered the people in the shop and on the bus— of course, they'd seen it, and that afforded me a temporary relief somehow. We were nearing a corner of the cemetery. We passed a bin overflowing with dead flowers and plastic wrapping. The balloon seemed certain of what it was doing. Its progress halted, and it bobbed on the spot again, this time also turning round to face me. I felt another icy chill twist through my stomach. My heart thumped harder, fueled by another adrenaline rush. After a few seconds, it drifted slowly over to a grave to the left, and stopped. Then there was a screech of laughter, which to this day wakes me up in the middle of the night, screaming in sweaty, balled-up sheets. My heart galloped harder as I glanced at the grave's weather-beaten headstone. And of course— it was my name etched on there, Mark John Latham. Apparently I died in 2038, on the 8th of March. Tragically. I felt faint and sick, as a massive panic attack tore right through me. I lunged for the balloon, as an episode of depersonalization assailed me. There was a loud squeak as I roughly grabbed it but it was still laughing that high-pitched, hideous laugh. I ran forwards, clutching it, completely outside of myself, and pushed it into one of the bushes that bordered the cemetery. Sharp twigs tore at it, and all of a sudden I felt it begin to deflate. The laughter changed into a ghastly scream, as a vile green gas began to leak from the puncture. The stench was obnoxious, and still I pushed the collapsing monstrosity into the sharp foliage until it was nothing but a scrunched-up ball of foil. Gasping, I fell to the ground, still clutching it. I lay there, staring up at the sky and desperately trying to process all I'd just been through. I held up the ball of foil, totally innocuous, like some discarded crisp bag. The ribbon was still attached. The vile smell was still in the air, and its screams still in my ears. I eventually stood up, feeling incredibly weak, but coming back into myself slightly. Walking over to the bin slowly, 
scrumpling up the ball of foil as tightly as I could. I stuffed it down right to the bottom, pushing the weighted ribbon in after it. Taking deep breaths, I steeled myself before turning back. The headstone was gone. There was just a patch of grass there. I wasn't surprised at all, but it did nothing to quell my fear. So according to the balloon reaper, I had sixteen years left. Not a lot, and possibly not even true. But oh, was it going to haunt me constantly now! How could I possibly know for sure, until the time came? Peace of mind was a thing of the past for me now. The thought of pursuing this with the card shop filled me with an indescribable dread and huge weight of despair. The idea felt like the equivalent of pushing a wheelbarrow full of bricks up a hill. But I would have to do it. Needed to do it. Maybe it had just drifted in there, originating from God knows where. I sat down on a bench and stared across at the rows of headstones of lives transpired. It depressed me at the best of times, but now, in light of recent horrific events, I was filled with an inchoate despair that would stay with me for the rest of my days, however long that may be. Hello ladies and gents, Ian here. Be sure to pop on over to our YouTube channel or Facebook page for regular updates. If you'd like to support our work, please consider taking a look at our Patreon or Bandcamp pages, or search for us on Audible. You'll find links to everything on our website, horrorbabble.com forward slash links.